0: Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world if you're joining us for the first time. And want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. And as always, if you have yet to do so, please visit us on YouTube. Our channel's name is called The Walking Dead Now. Please go ahead and subscribe. And if you're there right now, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. Before we get started today, let me welcome some of you to the broadcast. Khaleesi is with us. I'm a white boy is joining us. Cece Weezy is with us. Andrew is with us. Rick Grimes is also with us. As is Amir, Janstep, Doy. Welcome to all you guys. On the Instagram side, we have Luis Kratnik is joining us. Cena is also with us. Waldina is also joining us. So welcome everybody! And man, wow, what an episode again yesterday of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, What a great uh, little surprise we got at the end of World Beyond. We're going to be getting to all that here in a second. I just want to remind you guys that tomorrow. We are going to be joined by special guest Michael Abbott Jr., who played Isaac in the season six premiere just a mere three weeks ago. Of Isaac, uh, the man who saved Morgan's life, even though Morgan was very reluctant. Uh, and it's going to be a fascinating conversation tomorrow with Michael Abbott Jr., who again played Isaac in the season six premiere that we just got a little over three weeks ago of Fear the Walking Dead. I'll be right here on Dead Talk Live tomorrow, starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, yesterday's Fear the Walking Dead, like, where do I begin? It was so great to hear Isabel again. And for those of us that thought that Isabel was a one-and-gone type character of the CRM, We were wrong. Uh, I was hoping we would see her again, and it was fascinating. We didn't get to see her, but we got to hear her voice. And uh, that whole interaction with her and Al listening in on the radio was fascinating. We got to finally see Dwight reunite with his wife, Sherry. Let's see how that relationship plays out now. Uh, I guarantee you they are not the same people they were when Sherry ditched uh, him and the sanctuary back in uh, season uh, seven, sorry, of The Walking Dead when she let Daryl out of his uh, closet room and let him escape. That was the last time we saw Sherry until yesterday when we got to see her again. Uh, played by the lovely Christine Evangelista. It was great to see her back on uh, on FEAR this time. Uh, and we're going to get to FEAR in a second. But we have to start out with that post-credits scene that we got in World Beyond. Uh, I posted that scene throughout our social media because I know a lot of people, as soon as the credits roll, uh, I'm guilty of this as well, the most of the majority of the time. We turn the TV off, flip the channel, or whatever. But after the credits, after the next week's trailer, we got a one minute and 40 second look into how the CRM is conducting their experiments. Now, you guys have to remember, this is stuff that we have read about in regards to leaks uh, for the Rick Grimes movies and for the first time ever we got to see a glimpse of what these tests look like and the scene that we saw yesterday involved tests involving walkers and several notable facts we got to hear a phrase or a term that we have not heard since season one of The Walking Dead in the finale of season one, and that is T.S. Test Subject. Uh, so, just taking from that, are these scientists that are now working with the C.R.M. part of the? Were part of the C.D.C. Because remember when we saw Jenner back in season one of The Walking Dead? Uh, I, you know, it was just him. He gave sort of a brief explanation. People died, others ran away, and so on. But is it possible that, you know, some of the uh, CDC staff is now working for the CRM? Was there a contingency plan in place that if the world was ever to fall certain members of the CDC were supposed to I don't know this is all hy- you know hypothetical right now meet at some location and the CRM uh, takes control at that point. but anyway TS test subjects and they all start with the letter A. Now of course we are, we've all been guessing about the A's and the B's since uh, damn season 8, now of the walking dead what does that mean what we saw yesterday were the test subjects uh all started with the letter a now does that mean anything Uh, it has to mean something in regards to uh the a's and the b's and it's probably the first big clue that we actually got to see on the screen involving you know the classification of A's and the B's. Now, all the test subjects, as I already said, that we saw yesterday were walkers. They were reanimated corpses. Uh, I'm sure there's another test facility or another section in that same facility where they are doing tests on the living. And that is, according to the leaks that we read earlier this year, is going to be at least somewhat of the basis of the Rick Grimes movies. He is supposedly uh, going to be a part of the, uh, the the human side of the testing that the CRM is doing. And remember, Rick is a B. Now, does that mean A means walker, B means living? No, because there's one instance when uh, Jadis was with uh, Father Gabriel, and she's like, damn, and here I thought you were an A or a B. I forgot exactly what it was, but it has nothing to do with living or dead uh, because of that one scene that we got in The Walking Dead. That is the big uh, contradiction to A's being the dead and B's being the living. Because we can't just disregard that scene with uh Pollyanna McIntosh who played Jadis and Father Gabriel, where she's like, damn, you know, and all this time I thought I believe she said, I thought you were an a B and he was an A. Uh, so we still don't know what the A and B classification is. The only thing we know is what we saw on the screen yesterday, is that all those that had the T S label with the letter a they were all dead they were dead reanimated the next thing is uh i loved how the uh the writers and the production team threw this in there where where the doctor who's running those test sites called in for the next uh subject to be brought in the next test subject and of course we don't get to see who that test subject is and, you know, I can guarantee you that was done specifically to maybe imprint it in our minds or at least plant the thought in our minds that uh, that might be Rick Grimes. I do not think so. I'm like 99.99% sure that is not Rick Grimes. Uh, there was, was done on purpose, obviously, for them not showing who the next test subject was. And the very next scene, after she calls in the next test subject, is we see the camera panning over to the picture of the doctors. And one of them is Dr. Leo Bennett, Iris's and uh, Hope's dad from World Beyond. And also in that picture was the walker that we did see uh, as the main test subject. And another person in that picture is the doctor running the experiments. So that picture is a group of all the doctors that were part of the group. Now why is uh, one of them, we know for a fact, is dead and reanimated? Was he killed by the CRM? And also, if that next test subject that was brought in if it is indeed Dr. Leo Bennett, and we know he sent a message, well, we are also assuming that that message was sent by him. What if it was a ploy? What if it was a trap uh, by Elizabeth? You know, we still have not yet figured out if Elizabeth is really has any good in her or she is just 100% committed to the CRM. But uh, why are these doctors dying? And another fact is that the doctor that we did get to see as the test experiment was from the Portland colony. So did the CRM also wipe out Portland as well as Omaha, which we know they did. They wiped out all of Omaha campus colony, Did they also wipe out Portland as well? Why are they going around systematically extinguishing these people? Killing them? If their mission is to, uh, you know, bring back humanity, why are they going around killing these people? It doesn't make any sense yet. It will. It will, as we get further into all three shows... Um, you know, Walking Dead, Fear, World Beyond, and it's all going to come to a head when the movies are released. And it just builds up the anticipation to what are these movies going to give us? And the anticipation is being built, it is being hyped in a major way, and it also proves the the point that I've been making for a long time now that World Beyond is indeed the segue, the lead-in into the Rick Grimes movies whenever they finally do get to start filming them and whenever they come out on the screen. That's why World Beyond, which was scheduled to be released in April, got pushed back to October. Remember, production was done. Uh, There was no... It's not like the... They still needed more. They needed more time to finish the episodes. Filming production was all done. It was ready to roll. Come the early part of our of April, but they pushed it back because they didn't want it to be too soon, before the Rick Grimes movies are released. Since The World Beyond is going to be a lead in into the story that gets us into the Rick Grimes. So let's see what you guys are saying. Khaleesi writes, "You're right, viz Jadas." thought Father Gabriel was a B. Uh, CC Weezy writes, maybe A means weak mentally, B is strong. We have theorized on this show before that it may have something to do with a person's physical abilities, uh, whether, you know, one is strong or it could be mental like what you just said. One's a leader, one is not. We don't know. We have no idea. Um, Jan Step on YouTube writes, I think it's Hope's father. I'm a white boy on YouTube writes, nope, not Rick. Yep, yeah, it's not Rick. Khaleesi also writes, it could have been Elizabeth uh, setting that up to see who would make it that far to bring into the CRM as sort of a test. I can definitely see, is, see that. Uh, just looking over the Instagram chats uh want to welcome wanda on instagram so i uh, see a lot of people are asking about where is rick uh <laughs> a lot of people are asking about where is rick we don't know where rick is that's the bottom line we have no idea where rick is at the moment uh, it's safe to assume that uh, rick is still with the crm that's where the movies are going to take place and it's also safe to assume based on the uh, series premiere of World Beyond, that Rick is most likely somewhere in the state of New York, uh, based on the map that Elizabeth gave to the girls, gave to Iris and Hope. Uh, and, you know, she gave, her, she gave them that map, uh, clearly because she has a hidden agenda. And uh, what that agenda is, we don't know. Uh, she was responsible for that slaughter at Omaha, But she wanted those girls out of there. She did not want those two girls to die. Why? Uh, If those people in Omaha were a threat to the CRM, leading those girls outside of Omaha and on a trek to New York State, why? Maybe she is testing them to see if they can make it or not. Uh, I'm a white boy saying, "As uh, he's calling it, Philadelphia Stone Walker says it's California. It's not California. Sorry, <laughs> we have one. Uh, we don't know where their th- where their three locations are. To be honest, we know there's a Portland colony, but that was of people. We know there was an Omaha colony, but that was of people. Where the CRM is really stationed, we have no idea." Uh, Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, I think the A and B system is based on class. It could be. We know that's how the Commonwealth is structured. Totally based on a class system. Uh, Andrew Valentine on Instagram says, if he makes it in New York, Rick can make it anywhere. Yep, yep. If he can make it into Big Apple, you can definitely make it anywhere. And... Uh, I have no idea. We just got to wait and find out. Now, let me see. Let's just go back and start reading an article uh, in regards to that whole extra scene. And then see if this... Let's see what their opinion is. The Walking Dead World Beyond may have just shed light on one of the largest lingering questions in the Walking Dead universe. When we recently spoke to World Beyond showrunner Matt Negrete, he was a bit hesitant to discuss Rick Grimes, and understandably so. After all, two years have passed since the Walking Dead protagonist flew off to start his very own movie franchise, and we still have no idea what happened to him, that is, until now. We've known for some time that World Beyond would tie into Rick's fate, revealing more about the shady organization that snatched him away, but will Grimes actually appear at some point in World Beyond? No, don't see that happening. Uh, When we asked Negrete, he said, I can't really spoil yes or no, but I will say that you will get answers as to potentially where Rick was taken. I think that we will also get answers in terms of why he was taken there. So maybe by the end of World Beyond, whether it be this season or the end of the second season, remember, World Beyond is only going to run for two seasons. We're going to find out the answer to the A and the Bs. In fact, I'm pretty sure that before uh, we see that movie, we are going to have an understanding of what the A's and the B's are about. And we're going to get that uh, probably through all three shows. Uh, definitely well Beyond, maybe Fear, but remember, it's also been rumored that in season 11 of The Walking Dead, several of the major cast members catch wind that Rick might still be alive, and they set off on a trek of their own to try and find him. Now, how that's going to play out, I don't know. Uh, Season 11, which is going to be stretched out over two years, is going to be mainly uh, with the Commonwealth. And then there's maybe this side thing that's going to happen where Daryl, Carol, I don't know, whoever, you know, gets with that Rick might still be alive. Uh, Remember, the only one that knows right now is Michonne and Judith. Judith has not yet told Daryl about the possibility of Rick still being alive. Maybe she does, either in the six episodes we're going to get in early 21, or when season 11 starts. Um, the article also goes on to say, uh, for most of episode four, which was called the, the Wrong End of a Telescope, our young endlings just continued their ongoing journey hunting for supplies in an old, abandoned high school. Uh, Silas reportedly punched a walker in the face at one point, and a flashback revealed more about Hope's relationship with her father. But aside from that, this episode did little to advance the show's narrative. And I absolutely agree with that. Yesterday's episode of World Beyond, it was slow. It was slow. The best thing about that episode was the performances that we got from uh, the four teens on the show. You know, all four of them gave great performances, but as far as advancing the storyline, there was nothing. It was uh, was a very slow episode, and it's like an episode that we could have totally did without... Like you could skip that episode if you ever go back and binge watch World Beyond and you won't miss anything critical to the storyline. The best part of yesterday's episode of World Beyond came after the credits and we got that, you know, 90-second preview of what the CRM is doing. However, that all changed in the last two minutes thanks to a surprise post credit scene which revealed more about the CRM and their search for a cure. After the credits came to an end, a Civic Republic scientist named Lila is seen casually testing a zombie subject in her laboratory. Test subject displays no detectable response to psychological stimuli, necrotic plasma, plasma, and brain fluid are being drawn for further testing. The results are compared to tests during and immediately following reanimation, including climate variation readings, which will likely examine how the environment affects the zombie process. While multiple walkers can be seen in the lab, Lila's current test subject is Dr. Samuel Abbott of portland oregon weirdly enough a photo on lila's desk shows that she knew the doctor in real life too before he died and was reanimated the pair are pictured together alongside hope and iris's father and an unknown fourth man hinting at why leo now fears for his life in the present day I think Dr. Leo Bennett is already dead. I think he was that test subject that was brought in that we did not get to see. Given the CRM scientists like Dr. Abbott were seen as expendable, this doesn't bode well for Hope's father, but that's not even the most interesting part. In the same scene, Lila refers to her former colleague as TSA, 402 and um, another test subject is named a 403 that seems like a minor detail but this seemingly innocuous moment actually helps solve one of the biggest walking dead mysteries of all namely what is an a and what is a b it actually does not answer it it just leads to more questions for quite some time Fans have wondered why these letters, what these letters could stand for. Theorizing everything from infected versus uninfected, leader versus follower. Finally, thanks to this new World Beyond Coda, the mystery has been solved. In part, people describe A as test subjects, the CRM experiment on to help find a cure. So what's a B? While this hasn't been directly explained yet in World Beyond, it's safe to say that bees are people that the CRM enlist, possibly as soldiers or even leaders. Well, that's interesting. Okay, I see where they're going with this. Of course, it's also possible that they subjugated to serve the organization, probably against their will. So, A's are test subjects, dead or alive. And B are people that are brought in to either join or serve the CRM. What do you guys think about that? You know, that's that's fascinating. Uh, and guys, if you guys want to call in to the show and share your opinion, the number is right up there. Uh, 718-509-9270. If you're international, please use Skype. Look us up, Walking Dead Now. And if you use Skype, it's a free Skype-to-Skype Skype call if you're outside the United States. Uh, back when the CRM took Rick Grimes, has changed her mind last minute and switched him from an A to a B in order to protect him. I have a B, she said, not an A. I never had an A. He's hurt, but he's strong. Whatever this might mean for Rick, it's clear that he and his fellow Bs are more useful to the CRM alive than dead. So there you go. I mean, that's a very plausible... That's actually a great theory. And it's probably... I'm trying to think if there's anything that can contradict it that we have seen. And I can't think of anything. You know, I really can't think of anything. Further proof of this uh, can be found from back when Jadis marked Negan and Gabriel as A's before trying to kill them. A's are expendable in ways that B captives are not. Discussing what World Beyond's post credit scene actually means with e, uh, Entertainment Weekly, Matt Negrete said it raises a lot more questions that we'll also be answering later on this season and into next season. Whether Rick ends up making an appearance or not, expect to hear a lot more about these A's and B's before World Beyond ends with season two, you know? So that's really fascinating, you know? That, as you guys know, I don't read these articles ahead of time. I save them so we can read them here together. And that that really makes me wonder. A's are expendable people, no use to what the CRM, you know, classifies as being useful in their new world order or whatever the hell you want to call it uh and they're expendable they're the ones who are going to be tested on to try to find a cure for the virus whether they're dead or alive doesn't matter and bees are the ones that are worthy to go on into the world uh of the crm try to be indoctrinated or at the very least try to serve the crm in some way shape or form so that's all very fascinating right there um So let's move on to the next thing, okay? Let's go on to Fear and the reunion that we got with Dwight and Sherry last night. Uh, Fear finds a missing Walking Dead character at last. I didn't think the idea of splitting the cast would work very well when I heard that was the plan for this season, but so far it's allowing for more tightly focused stories than with the big ensemble with the one uh, through line of Morgan appearing at least once an episode as he makes his grand plan to reunite everyone from their uh, uh, sorry different locations. This week we focused on Dwight and Al, the Walking Dead veteran who gave up a hefty amount of comic storylines to join FEAR and Al being a new season plus, season 4 plus character for Fear, one with a rather intimate connection to a member of the CRM, the helicopter people which we touched on last night's Al almost reunited with Isabel, but instead had to be content with a radio conversation. But the big news of the evening was Dwight managing to reunite with Sherry, who randomly saw Al's flare from the roof and radioed in to see if anyone needed help. Dwight answered, and the two had their reunion several seasons in the making. It was not a huge surprise to see Sherry return, given that Fear the Walking Dead already said up front that she would be appearing in this season. This marks technically the third major crossover between The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead after Morgan and Dwight, though perhaps less major than those two. Both Dwight and Sherry have escaped their comic fates, which was to be killed by Rick Grimes at various points in time. Rick kills Sherry by accident when she attacks him in the comics after ongoing tension between them escalates rick then kills dwight in order to preserve order during the commonwealth storyline when dwight appears like he's going to kill the leader there obviously absolutely none of this is happening now rick is long gone captured by the crm dwight and sherry are now on fear probably for good far away from the commonwealth storyline so whatever is going on with them it's totally unchartered territory we have no idea what sherry has been up to all this time or if she is affiliated with another important group but it's getting a little crowded so i would guess no she's not going to herald the arrival of some other faction to join the crm or virginia's group and you guys they're forgetting one important thing here We have been teased for a while now in various trailers and teasers about fear about these people wearing the white mask. We have still yet to meet them. And my theory is that Sherry is involved with them. I don't think she's just been going at this solo all this time. Uh, These white masked people... I'm just waiting. I thought they were going to be introduced yesterday, but they're coming, and they're coming soon. And there's one very famous picture where one of them has Al at gunpoint, uh, and we don't know who they are. Uh, Our best guess right now is that these white masked people uh, is a group of people that Virginia is worried about in some way or another. Uh so that old saying the enemy of my the enemy of my enemy is my friend and a lot of other articles have speculated that because these white masked people do not stand for whatever Virginia stands for that Morgan and them are going to be joining forces along with the uh, other survivors that are inside of Virginia's uh, camps and lead a full-on rebellion and eventually war against Virginia and her pioneers. So be ready for that possibility as well. Uh, Khaleesi writes, I don't think she has been alone like that. She has had to be, she had to be with people. Cece Weezy writes, maybe they are the same people trying to get that key, which we still have no idea what that's about. Yesterday, we saw that phrase again. The end is the beginning in the building where Dwight and Al go into. Uh, The end is the beginning, the spray paint. Uh, So it's the same group of people that we saw in the first episode that were spray painting the same thing on the side of the submarine. Uh, Who they are, no idea yet. The key, we have no clue what that key is about. We just have to wait and find out and continue watching. But so far, we've had three episodes of Fear of the Walking Dead, and they've all been fantastic. This season of Fear of the Walking Dead is on an entirely different level. Uh, in fact, I would go as far as saying that this season of Fear of the Walking Dead is rivaling the Walking Dead back in seasons three, four, or five, and so on in its heyday when it had over 15 million viewers per week. That's how amazing this season of Fear the Walking Dead is. And for any of you guys that don't watch Fear the Walking Dead and whatever, you know what? My best advice to you, if you're really on the fence, just start watching season six, okay? Watch the first three episodes of season six. Yeah, you're gonna get some spoilers uh, if you wanna go back and watch from the beginning just watch the first three episodes and that is going to make you want to go back and start from the beginning and labor through a lot of the changes that have gone on on fear throughout the years just to get caught up and you know know exactly what's going on in fear at the current moment uh stone Walker's right am i the only one who got purge vibes from the white mass people nope i've said that before stone walker i said that when i first showed the picture of those dudes they look like something out of the movie the purge uh those white masks are creepy as hell definitely look like something out of the movie the purge um khaleesi writes do you think uh since al said she believed whoever spray painted uh that has the plague more questions, and man, talk about the bubonic bubonic plague ending up in Texas from the rats, you know? The Black Plague, you know, the plague ending up in Texas, uh, just like it did uh, centuries ago, it came from rats and the fleas that were on the rats. The rats were infected. And uh, how many of you guys believe when Isabel on the radio tells Al... After Al tells them not to land, the building's infected with the plague, and uh, Isabel tells Al to look in the uh, cooler that there's something in there that, you know, Isabel knew that there was antibiotics in there and that Al would use them to save everyone in the building. I absolutely do. Uh, So, fascinating, fascinating stuff. We have a few more Fear the Walking Dead characters who have yet to be spotlighted with their own episodes, June and John, Moe and Wendell as pairings. We also have Luciana, who besides Alicia, Strand and Daniel, is one of the longest serving cast members on the show and who was given uh, painfully little to do in the last two years. So we'll see if that changes now in this new fear is actually good. They put that in quote, fear is actually good era in season six. And it's true. Fear is really good in season six. Uh, The article concludes by saying I'm happy to see Dwight and Sherry reunite as it was a nice moment, though I can't say I have too terribly much invested in their relationship. I do wonder uh, how Dwight changes now, given that 80% of his character has been finding Sherry to date. So now that he has her, what then? We'll find out later, I suppose. And I really truly also believe that Sherry has watched the videotapes that Morgan and Al and everybody else has been making and leaving behind. I believe that Sherry was the one that came in and patched Morgan up at the end of season five after Virginia shot him. Uh, But so Sherry knew where Dwight was, but she did not really go after him for one reason or another, which I'm sure we're going to find out. She did not go after him and she was caught off guard When she saw that flare go off on the rooftop and uh, asking if anybody needed help, Dwight recognized the voice. He answered the walkie and she was sort of, okay, I have to answer now. So I kind of think she's been avoiding Dwight. Why? No idea. But she's been avoiding him either to keep him safe or there's something she doesn't want him to know. But um, it's going to be very interesting to find out as this season continues to unfold. Uh, I'm a white boy, right? She has a side man. I don't know. Uh, Another fear article. Fear of the Walking Dead's Al makes big sacrifice for Dwight. When the first two episodes of Fear of the Walking Dead's format, uh, shifting sixth season, have given fans more insight into Morgan's uh, gangrenous survival and Strand's promotion in Virginia's crew, the third installment focused almost entirely on Maggie Grace's Al and Austin Emilio's Dwight as they documented their mission to retrieve supplies and survivors, among other things. Speaking of which, what would you guys think of the embalmed walker? (laughs) <laughs> that was some freaky stuff. They, Somebody in the post-apocalyptic world was embalming the dead. Now, I understand, you know, you want to bury your loved ones, but you destroy the brain. You want to go through the trouble of embalming them. I don't see why. It's not like you can hold a big wake or a funeral or a viewing, but somebody was embalming the dead. Without destroying the brain. It's like they want, you know, they knew they were going to come back and they wanted them to look as pretty as possible. That's the only explanation I could think of. They wanted the dead that were going to reanimate to look as pretty as possible or as much as their old self as they possibly can. But that was a little twist right there. I wasn't expecting. Uh, Al revealed her ulterior motive of making another connection with Sidney Lemons' Isabel, but inevitably gave up her goal for the sake of Dwight and others, leading to quite an emotional reunion. Having followed the CRM Helicopter Group's movement via radio, Al planned to cross paths with a supply drop atop a high-rise building But after a highly stressful and plague-rat-filled trip to the roof, which included the discovery of a new group of ailing survivors, Al chose to shoot a flare-up and sent an incoming chopper away with a difficult message to Isabel. That decision thwarted what might have been her only chance to escape her current situation with Virginia, which obviously sucks. However, Al did locate a supply of medicine to help those in the building return to health. And more importantly for Fear of the Walking Dead fans, her flair captured the attention of Christine Evangelista's Sherry, who reunited with Dwight for the first time since The Walking Dead Season 7. During a Fear the Walking Dead press event that took place ahead of the season six premiere, I asked star Maggie Grace how she felt about Al's big sacrifice and here's what she told me. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it costs, it costs her quite a lot in that moment to turn that helicopter around. You know, I was so lucky and happy to have Coleman directing uh, that episode and yeah I got for those of you that don't know coleman domingo who plays strand directed last night's episode of fear uh, coleman directing the episode wasn't that one take that roof scene it was just at the end of such a big day we were reconciling a pretty crazy schedule and an important episode and he handled it so beautifully I just felt so lucky I got him on that journey, especially for the last scene. It was really special and tough to navigate that moment, I think because it is quite a lot to ask of the character, given what she knows about Isabel and her organization. It's not just a sacrifice on a personal level, it's the greatest story she's never told. But I hope that it makes sense in the context of the stakes of that moment. Perhaps if Al and Isabel had a more organic relationship that wasn't formed through suspicions, deaths, and rule breaking, she might have been that much she might have been that much more open to going away and not looking back. Or perhaps if she had been paired with someone other than Dwight that didn't also have a long-lost love out there somewhere or If she and Dwight didn't come into contact with all those sick people Alas things happen as they did and presumably for good reason Of course, it's technically possible that Al might not have survived a helicopter arrival Al and Dwight were warned Earlier in the episode that the last person who went up to the roof to check out the helicopter situation Was shot in the head for his efforts and he was the walker that they found on the street They shot him and threw him over the roof It was his rotting body that Al and Dwight found outside of the building He was the one with the Alaska driver license they were searching for it. I guess find all fifty states. They only had Alaska and Hawaii left. They did finally come across somebody, which had the Alaska license plate, which was which, by the way, was the title of yesterday's episode. It was Alaska. Al was obviously optimistic about her chances, giving her connection with Isabel, but there is no real guarantee that she would have been allowed to go off and have a happy life. ...with the beer lady. At least that's what I'll keep telling myself... ...to further justify her sacrifice. In the end, I cannot lie that seeing Dwight and Sherry's reunion... ...did a hell of a job making Al look heroic. In a sense, for choosing to stick around... ...and call off the helicopter... ...especially after seeing the loving video... ...that Dwight made for Al to watch during her trip out still though i cannot deny how much i wish al would be able to head out and share the greatest story she's never told at least Isabel sounded kind of sad when they stopped talking i mean that probably should make should make me feel better but still and we know that when need be Isabel is a ruthless killer Does she take Al with her? I really don't think so. The only way Isabel and Al can be together is if Isabel goes AWOL from the CRM. And knowing the resources that the CRM have at their disposal and how they can probably track them down really easily, I don't see Isabel making that choice. I really don't. Uh, during the press event, both Coleman Domingo and Maggie Grace spoke more about Alaska when asked how they felt about these more anthologized episodes as compared to the past seasons that focused on everyone in the larger ensemble each week. Interestingly enough, this episode started off with uh, started off not with Alan Dwight, but on a cold open featuring Lenny James' Morgan and Brigitte Cali Canals' Rachel, both of whom are familiar with characters sacrificing themselves for the greater good, speaking mostly of Rachel's late husband, Isaac, who's going to be our guest tomorrow. In this case, Morgan is determined to go off and find Karen David's Grace again, with the idea of bringing her bundle of joy back to eventually have some playtime with Rachel's baby, who is also named Morgan. Here's hoping James and David, David's characters have a better shot of reconnecting than Al and Isabel. So, we gotta see how that goes. Uh, I mean... I'm trying to think of the time that has passed. It's It was five to six weeks that have passed between the end of season five to the beginning of season six. So Grace on Fear of the Walking Dead is still very early on into her pregnancy. And the baby is still a ways away from being delivered. Uh, Jason Byrne on YouTube writes, Zombie Apocalypse Strikes, I will be like a dog in heat. (laughs) Kodak69 is with us on YouTube. Says, I told the Walking Dead Discord server I'm in about this. Uh, Jason Byrne or a dog on its way to see the vet about to lose its nuts. That is very interesting right there, Jason. All right. A little bit here on the World Beyond before we run out of time. Uh, We see yesterday Felix and Huck uh, picking uh, a team that they think they can turn and convince to turn around and go back to Omaha. As the, the episodes progress deeper and deeper into the season, I really do believe that they do turn back. They turn back and they find that the Omaha colony has been annihilated. And, of course, then they turn back around and restart their trip back to New York. But those, those six need to find out what happened in Omaha. They need to see what the CRM did to their home, to their people. Uh, because it's going to be a big driving, motivating factor for the rest of this series on how those six are going to proceed. They're going to have their eyes opened up about the CRM. It's not going to be hard to figure out that the CRM is the one that came in and massacred their home, their people and destroyed their home. So I think maybe next week's episode... At the very latest, the week after, they are going to turn around. They are going to go back to Omaha. Uh, I don't know how they convince Iris and Hope to do so, but they do. Or maybe they split up. Maybe Felix stays with Iris and Hope and Huck brings the boys back. I don't know. I have no idea. But someone needs to go back and see and find out what what happened there and share it with the rest of them. So, as The Walking Dead world Beyond, Elton turns against fellow teens as Iris and Silas grow closer. Elton Ortiz turned against his fellow teenagers on Sunday's episode of World Beyond as Iris Bennett and Silas grew closer. The episode titled Wrong End of a Telescope with Elton, Iris, Silas, Hope, Bennett return uh, headed to New York along with the adult escorts of Felix, Carlucci, and Huck from their campus colony. Felix and Huck were determined to get the children to return to campus colony that unknown to them was decimated in a massacre. The security officers decided that uh felix would work on changing elton's mind about the mission to rescue iris and hope scientist father leo who was being held by the civic republic military while huck would focus on getting hope to reverse course Felix felix worked on elton while they were scavenging and they came across blood smeared on the ground Iris and Silas, meanwhile, were in the gym where they came across a posters for a Sadie Hawkins dance. She must have gone to school here, Silas said. Elton freaked out when zombies trapped in lockers made him claustrophobic as he remembered hiding in a closed space as a boy from the zombies. Felix used the opportunity to try to convince him to return home And showed Elton his arm tattoo reminding him of all the loved ones that he has lost. I can't lose anyone else. I won't. That's that's exactly why I need your help. I need your help convincing the others just to turn around. All I'm asking for you is to think about it, okay? Just think about it, Felix told him. Silas and Iris got trapped by the walkers and Silas had flashbacks of being accused of killing his father. He lost it and bashed a zombie with his bare hands and even struck Elton, who was trying to intervene. The incident apparently helped Elton make up his mind as he asked Felix Felix about his plan to turn around and go back. And man, what about that scene with Silas just going apeshit? With that walker, and uh, you know, bashing his brains in with his bare hands, uh, it's safe to say that Silas has some anger issues. To, at the very least, uh, we he keeps having those flashbacks of uh, him beating on someone. We found out in yesterday's episode he was accused of killing his dad. Did his dad kill? Did he kill his dad? We don't know. Maybe. Probably. What was the reason why? Was his dad abusing him? We just no idea. All we do know is that Silas does have anger issues. And he becomes very violent when those issues overtake him. He clouds his judgment. And he just flies into an uncontrollable rage. Uh, Let's see. Khaleesi writes, Felix and Huck are only ones that I'll need to see that change their mind. Um, Let's see. Cece Weezy writes, maybe someone escaped from the campus colony and tells them what happened. Maybe. That's possible uh Stone Walker writes i don't know why but i kind of hate huck i like huck i think huck is, is is very cool kodak69 writes this episode made me enjoy the show the walking dead world beyond um Lindsay sparks on facebook writes holy hell silas got some issues Kelly Elder on Facebook writes, I feel like World Beyond is not as violent as fear and The Walking Dead. It's not. It's getting there. They are showing us the progression of what these kids are going to be facing as they move further away from their colony and more into the real world that we as the viewers of The Walking Dead universe know what's out there, but they have no idea what's out there. And they're going to come across some st- weird stuff. As a, as a viewer and fan of the show, it's very frustrating when they're following this avoidance uh, lesson that was taught to them by Felix. At all costs, avoid the, uh, the empties, which is what they call them, the walkers. Uh, but as a, we have seen in the Walking Dead universe, If you avoid the empties and the ones that cross your path that you can take out but don't take out, you run a very big risk of them crossing your path again or killing one of your friends. So when I see them just, you know, pushing them away and running away, I'm like, I find myself yelling at the TV screen, kill them you know take that stick take that back end of that huge ass wrench of yours and drive it through their heads because you don't want them around they can come back you know but it's something they have to learn and that's what they're showing us it's a progression it's a learning thing that these kids are going to have to learn the deeper and deeper they go into the real world anyway guys i can't believe an hour has passed already Uh, This has been a fascinating chat. I enjoy talking to you guys, uh, sharing my opinion on yesterday's shows, listening to your opinions on yesterday's shows. I want to welcome everybody who watched tonight on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We're on every night at 9.30 p.m. simultaneously on all four of those networks. If you want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. Please go to our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now, and subscribe if you have not yet done so. If you're there right now, please hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. Tomorrow, special guest, Michael Abbott Jr., who played Isaac on Fear the Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 1, the premiere that awesome episode that we got a little over three weeks ago he's going to be our special guest he's going to help us break down that premiere what was it like filming him lenny james michael satrazimus directing it's going to be a fascinating chat don't miss that tune in tomorrow night right here on dead talk live and until then guys remember to always stay walking